Hey guys, and thanks for tuning in for another Imperfectly Perfect podcast with your host, Glenn Marsden. And today is no different than any other episode. We've got another incredible advocate, one of the faces for the campaign, Jacqueline Albagoni. Now, Jacqueline is one of my oldest friends. She's also one of the biggest visionaries that has believed in this campaign from the beginning and really pushed it and used her platform to get the message out as well. Not only that, guys, she's a big Australian actress who's doing incredible things out in Los Angeles. She's featured in several shows that you know here in Australia, Home and Away, All Saints, film productions, music videos, the lot, guys. But what I'm most essentially proud of her with is that she's used a platform every which way possible to really help people dealing and affecting with mental health issues. Personally, she's she's spoken so candidly about her own issues but she's gone on to really educate and help other people, guys, and being a mental health worker. So I'm really, really blessed that she's coming to the studio. She's flown in from Los Angeles for a couple of weeks here in Sydney to get some downtime with her family and catch up with friends. So as I say, proud as punch that she's coming into studio to share some of her own experiences, what she's dealt with, how she's overcome them, and how she's utilized her platform to really help and enable other people to start speaking out. All right, guys, so all the way from Los Angeles today in studio, we've got Jacqueline Albagoni, uh, one of my oldest friends, but one of the biggest advocates towards the campaign from the start, guys, and she's used the platform to actually help countless people with mental health. She's spoken candidly about her own struggles in the past, um, how she's overcome with them, how she's dealt with them. So I have got some notes because we've got a lot to chat today. <laughs> so um, first of all, welcome and thank you for coming in. Um, how's LA life? LA life is interesting. It's different, you know. It's it's yep. it's a. I, I went there with a vision, and um, you know, challenges arrive, and that's. Uh, I'm just learning how to deal with them and, and sort of overcome them, and using whatever I have to sort of improve my life. But um, yeah. it's tough. It's tough over there. It's not easy. And I mean, like obviously, towards the campaign, you was um, one of the biggest supporters from the beginning. Yeah. When I first brought it up with you, what was your initial thoughts and? I know you've spoken candidly about your personal struggles to but to put them out there. Like I know personally you put them out there to help other people. Yeah. But being in an industry where people are subjected to a lot of criticism or anything on media, what was your initial thoughts to come in on a campaign where you would have all eyes on you talking about mental health? It's fear is obviously the first thing. I mean, unfortunately I find in society that it's so much easier to judge people instead of just looking. The, the, the problem with society is that people don't ask the right questions yeah. and they don't try to put themselves in the person's shoes to understand why they act the way they act and why they're in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you feel vulnerable and, and, you know, all that. But at the end of the day, I'm not just doing this for myself. I mean, um, I think everybody, uh, as I said to you, everybody knows someone who's gone through it yeah. or are going through it themselves. Everybody's had some point in their life where they've suffered from depression or... or something happened that, you know, um, completely puts their life upside down. And then, you know, um, it's education and it's just communication and, and, and trying to figure it out together. Yeah. You can't do it by yourself. Okay. I mean, going back, <laughs> back, back to your, your personal struggles that you've spoken so openly about. Yeah. <clears throat> can you share with us, um, our viewers, just a little bit about your story? Yeah. 
So I have suffered from depression from probably what since I was 12 years old. I still mm. currently have it. Um, so if I sat here and told you that I have beaten it and I've gotten over it, it would be a complete lie. Yeah. I just told you, in fact, this morning I had a panic disorder. Last night I had a panic disorder episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, what happened, actually, I'm going to be very open about this. What happened, I, um, my, my defense person, my defense mechanism is to lash out. Right. And to actually get aggressive and to actually like get very defensive, which is for some people it's normal, some people retract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm lucky enough though with my mother today, for example, that we sat down and we talked about it. And um, of course, it doesn't always go smoothly, you mm-hmm. know. But having somebody there who's willing to listen and who's willing to be open and to try with you is more than you can ask for with somebody who has these issues. Um, so the support itself, you can't force like. One of the worst things that people can do with people who are depressed is say, oh, you just need to be happy. It's like saying to somebody in a wheelchair, oh, I just wish you could walk. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like... Pointless. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but what that person needs is somebody to be next to them while they're going through that. Yeah. And, and having somebody trying to help them to understand themselves and in a way trying to be a mirror for them. So say, yeah. hey, when you do this, I don't think you realize, but this is what's coming out and this is what I'm getting from, from your side. So the communication for me, it's the number one thing that most yeah. people don't know um, and don't understand and, and are not educated on basically, which is why I'm such a huge supporter of this campaign because at the end of the day, I know these problems can be solved and I know we all have the ability to help other people through it. It's mm-hmm. just we don't know how. Yeah. So we have to work together to help each other out to understand it and to support each other and it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to have somebody like, I'm a very intense person. Um, somebody like my mother to have somebody like, my mom's a very gentle person, we're so polar opposite. It's hard for her to have somebody like me. Yeah. It's really difficult, it's scary at times, you know. But she never gave up on me and I actually asked her before I came, she said, what would, you be, what would you be your advice to any parent out there who has a child who's suffering from depression or who's like me, you mm-hmm. know. And she said, never give up. Yeah. Never give up and just constantly try and try something different. Because if you keep approaching the situation the same way, it's insanity. It's like the Einstein say that or something. It's like if you keep trying the Repeating same thing, the yeah, same and thing. you expect a different yeah. outcome, it's the same thing. The point is you have to keep trying. Yeah. Obviously, the person who's depressed, if they can't get that strength themselves. You know, uh, that's hard for them to try something different. So mm-hmm. that's why other people's support is so important. You know. But you said you've been through this for for some time now. Was there a time when you? There's Dr. Google, or did you go and see somebody to actually be diagnosed, or did mm-hmm. you self-diagnose? I know I've spoken candidly about mm-hmm. body dysmorphia. I did both. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was, the first time I saw a psychologist, I was 12 years old, and we just talked about it two minutes ago. Yeah. And I was actually misdiagnosed. Right. So um, I was given antidepressant at the age of 12, um, and the effects of that was not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in life, the depression really kicked in. I more had, like, anger issues when I was 12. Um, and people took it as something else and they didn't ask so yeah. much, you know what I mean? They just assumed. And it's like, you got to ask the person what's like, you have to really understand. So anyway, so I got misdiagnosed and then I've seen about, honestly, in my life about eight, um, psychologists and, and counselors and mm-hmm. for different reasons. I mean, I had depression, I've, I've built up a panic disorder, <laughs> I've had an eating disorder, I've yeah. had self-harm and, I'm, and I've had suicidal, but these are all stemming from one root, mm-hmm. uh, Something, and usually it always stems from childhood, right. you know, something that trauma that happens to you as a child, whether it's neglect or, you know, whatever it is. So it kind of like, my, I really believe that you have to somehow find the root cause in order to fix everything else. Yeah. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, like with addiction, I've had addiction problems, you know, it's always, it's just this snowball effect. You know, you fix one thing, but then something else uh, happens. It's like yeah. people with eating disorders, for instance, let's put that one. I had an eating disorder and then I cured that. But then all of a sudden I started building up an addiction to something, you know, whether smoking cigarettes or whatever my addiction was. Um, so technically the thing has never left. It just transformed yeah. into something different. So I never really dealt with the cause, the root issue. Yeah. Um, and psychologists and psychiatrists are trained to help you with that, but of course, not everybody's perfect, you know. Yeah. So it's very important to keep trying to look for the right psychologist and the right. And that's what I was going to come back to. So you said you'd had you'd had quite a few, like eight. Is that because you didn't connect with certain ones? And we talked about insanity, trying to do the thing, things different result. Yeah. Do you believe that if it doesn't work the first time with that psychologist, because you maybe not connect? That you yeah. keep finding somebody that you do. Everybody's going to be different. Everybody yeah. has a different technique. Everybody, them themselves, have a different uh, belief system. You yeah. know, so I've had great psychologists and I had really bad ones. You know, and so it's up to you to sort of go: Am I getting better? And am I? Do I have a mutual respect with this person? Yeah. You have to respect them, and they have to respect you. So yeah. if you're not feeling that, then I say try and look for somebody else because you have to. And of course, you also got to ask yourself: Am I resisting this too? Yeah. Because a lot of the time. Somebody who's really good for you, if you're in your ego, yeah. you're going to make them the enemy. You know? And of course, what, what was the age that you started seeing psychiatrists, did you say? 12. Early. I started 12. So going through those teenage years as well, I suppose you already had a bit of adolescence, like temper, aggro, so you didn't want to know from anyone anyway. I was <laughs> extremely violent. I yeah. was extremely, I was terrifying actually as a teenager. I scared myself. Like. Yeah. I was very unpredictable, I was very violent, I was very aggressive, extreme depression, self-harm all the time. Like, I'd be in school and I'd be cutting myself under the table. Right. I'd, I'd have, like, blood all over my, my top, and um, I attempted suicide a couple of times when I was a teenager. Right. Um, I had an eating disorder around that time, and I was in an extremely abusive relationship on top of that. That environment, <laughs> you can imagine, is yeah. not helping me, you know? Uh, so... Yeah, a lot of it, and another thing that I read yesterday, because I constantly educate myself about it, I still yeah. to this day um, look for books and try to understand what's going on with me, and a lot of people kind of give up, and depression is hopelessness, mm -hmm. and it's super lonely, and it's absolute hopelessness, you just don't know what to do, you mm -hmm. know, but my motto is always try anything, just try anything, when I have depression, I've trained myself now to, to work to, to know how to roll myself out of it. I can't always do it, but, yeah. like, I, if I wake up in the morning and I'm so depressed, like, I don't know if any, like, people who have had depression will really get this. You can't get out of bed. Mm. What I've learned is just roll. <laughs> just roll, <laughs> fall down, crawl, and eventually you'll get up. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. you have to find that strength that's not there yeah. somehow. And you have to have a vision or you have to have something to fight for. And people who are depressed don't. So what would you say on, on an outside scale sort of thing, and because I know that you've used your platform to help other people going forward, what is the most common misconception of the stigma towards people going through something that people think and associate? I think people like are really scared of people with depression because it brings up stuff with themselves and also it brings up their inadequacy to cope with it. Right. Um, so it makes people feel like, them makes them feel hopeless too mm. because they're like, I don't know what to do, you know. Yeah. Um, but communication is the key, and it's about asking the person and finding the right languaging where that person doesn't feel attacked or belittled. Yeah. Um, 
and it has to come really from a strong place of love, but also not too much love because somebody who's depressed can't take that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it's, it's a very fine line and it's about asking, say, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Talk to me. Do you want me to, you know, and even if the person needs space, they just need a body in the room. They don't, you don't have to talk yeah. about it, but somebody who's depressed just having a physical body there who's, I'm here to support you. I'm not here to change anything. I'm not here yeah. to force anything onto you. I'm just here to be with you. Mm-hmm. That's been more enough than somebody needs. And then when they're ready, get catch them in a moment when they're clear. Don't yeah. don't talk to them while they're in, in their depression because mm-hmm. they're not going to see it. They can't meet it. But it's about mm-hmm. catching them in the moment when they're clear and say, hey, okay, so what happened here? So let's talk about it. What could I have done in that moment? What did you need from me? What do you need from me? What can I do mm-hmm. to help you? A lot of the times people will actually know, and depression is really ultimately about your your needs not being met. There's core needs that these people can't get their needs met, and they're going to the wrong people to get them. Yeah. And that's the insanity thing. Again, you're constantly going to the wrong people to get something that you need. You're just never going to get it. And then there's the constant disappointment and that cycle that just keeps going. And what's the point? You know, I've been trying and nothing works out, you know. And they always say that you need a strong support network around you. While she was going through your issues at school, say, for example... Did any of your friends ever suspect or see you doing these things and, and, and say something to you about people it? People ran away. Right. I mean, I was really lucky. I had some people, I had some of the teachers in high school who really helped me. And mm. to this day, I can honestly say that, that you know, I had one, I had, because I had anorexia, I had one teacher I remember used to bring Centrum. She, she used to buy me vitamins and she used to be a model. So she put two and two together. She looked at me and she saw this girl was not doing well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then the other thing that they did is that, um, one of the teachers said, you know, you obviously can't be in a social group when you're in this, in this, I'm going to give you, I'm going to go up to the headmistress and I'm going to get them to give you permission to go to the arts room to paint mm. whenever you're in these kind of things. So those small things for me made, made the world of difference, you know, yeah. knowing that people got it and understood that I was going through something really heavy and they did the little that they could to sort of um, help me. And then still to this day, I mean, I'm 32 now, <laughs> I can still look back and go, that was, that saved me. So yeah. much of that saved me. So at the time, maybe, I don't know if I showed gratitude or I don't know if I showed it, but it certainly made a difference. So you got to remember also with depressed people, they might not always be able to express that. Yeah. But you've got to know you're leaving an impact on them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make a difference. It's the smallest thing you can do. I mean, the smallest act of kindness. Our normal reaction is to go into fear Yeah. with these kind of things. And it's normal because it's scary. You don't understand it. You can't relate to it. You're like, just snap out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work like that. You really got to put yourself in the person's shoes to really understand them and help them to get out. But don't let them drag you down either, because there are people who can do that too. You know? So, what was the catalyst then in you going through your own things, getting through them? I know you still say there's days when you need to get yeah. through them and relapses, but what was the catalyst for you to go with my personal experiences and with my platform? How can I now help other people? So I, I, you know, I started the meditation channel. Mm. Um, and so basically I meditate. Um, I have tools that I use every day to get me out of these things. So yeah. one of the things I do is I meditate on a regular basis. Um, I use affirmations and um, I study as much as I can, basically. I try to educate myself um, to help myself. Um, so I started the meditation channel. And what it was is basically I started to do affirmations for myself, try mm. to talk to myself better. Mm. Because a lot of the depression is the inner dialogue that you have that it's just really bad and negative like yeah. you just don't talk to yourself very well you're like i'm a piece of f and like whatever it is piece of s or whatever like you just put yourself down you know yeah. so you need to reprogram that thinking and 
that's when your emotions are not serving you. You know what I mean? That's when what you're feeling isn't exactly the truth. Yeah. And you have to learn to distinguish that. Mm. So um, I started the meditation channel because I started doing affirmations for myself and meditations for myself using my own voice. It's a very powerful tool that most people don't know. This is yeah. when you talk to yourself and you give yourself, and even on the outside, it recorded. Mm. And then I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, I guess I could do it for <laughs> other people, you know. And yeah. then I started putting it uh, putting it up on, on YouTube. And then before I know it, I've... I was getting so many good responses from people and saying, thank you so much. This is something I really needed. And mm. so everything that I put out there in my meditation channel, it's something that I've experienced and yeah. that I've healed myself through or that I use to heal myself. And it's a lot of research behind what I do too. Yeah. Um, I don't just spit words out, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like there's years and years and years of study and, and learning and growing and trying to fix myself. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share that with people and I wanted to tell people, Hey, you know, there is a lot that you can do on your own. There is a lot that you can do on your own. And these things do work. work And I will just say, sorry to interrupt. Um, where can people find this YouTube channel? Um, well I have, my Instagram is at meditation underscore channel. And then there's a link that they'll take you directly to my, um, or my, my other, or my Jacqueline at Jacqueline four four four, which is my other Instagram. And the we, uh, and the reason, and the reason, <laughs> the reason I will bring it up and we? redirect you is because me and Jacqueline have known each other for years. Yeah. Um, How long now? It's fifteen years. Fifteen right? years. Wow. We met. At... Making me feel old. <laughs> Blonde I edge fitness first. Fitness first, yeah. man. I used to teach group fitness. Yeah. Jacqueline used to come. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I've lost my train of thought. That's probably we're obsessed with our bodies. (laughs) Yeah, and that's probably why we both have (laughs) body issues. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've gone through things, BDD and anxiety, and I suppose dealing with this campaign, doing a lot of it on myself, with huge advocates getting their faces behind it, but trying to put so much on myself and thinking, oh, what's people going to think and doing this, this and this. Jacqueline actually took me towards her page and it helps guys like the most powerful words are i am and whatever follows the words i am is ultimately what what you're saying about yourself so these affirmations that you obviously speak of i started practicing them um and to this day i still believe that this campaign has gone so big and so quick because of what you told me oh like (laughs) the affirmations and Well, this is what I say, like, if I have put affirmations out there and done goal setting and Mm. got a vision board, guys, like, for example, some of the biggest names on the campaign, thousands of, hundreds of thousands of followers, what is to say the universe didn't set that into motion? This this guy was just a photographer Mm -hmm. who nobody knows, suddenly getting like the likes of Rebecca Gibney, who's one of the biggest prolific Australian actresses to come on board. Do you know what I mean? And this was all stemmed from you telling us about your meditation channel. So that's why I say, guys, go over to the YouTube and Instagram channel. Check it out because it helps. Yeah. So, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just doing it as a passion. I do daily card readings as well. Um, that's just something I started. Um, I mean, I've been reading tarot cards since I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's just something I did. And I thought, well, why don't I share that? Because I know it's a... It's a positive thing and it helps people, hopefully. You know, that's the intention behind it. So. And you did me a good reading the other day, which I was very oh, impressed yeah, with. So it was weird the stuff you was coming out with, though, like, because it all made sense. Um, but coming back, so you said at school you was going through this time as well around that age you're going through your teenage years. So I've got a question. Because you've used your platform and you've helped other people, so from an outsider point of view, how does someone get past that tough guy, tough girl, mentality 
um, of say in the acting industry, police things where you you have to be kind of this bravado yeah. to actively go and seek help. First and foremost, you got to you got to see it. Mm. Okay, you got to admit it to yourself, and um, that's that's part of the reason why most people like live in this bubble or they're fighting it or whatever. You can't fight it; it's there. You have to accept it, and then you got to work from there. So it's almost like, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to saying, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. Um, I do need help. You know, because you can't do it on your own. It's like we live in a, like, why, uh, okay, here's the question. Why do you think, like, if people, okay, I don't even know how to say this. <laughs> My brain's not coming around myself. So it's kind of like, oh, I don't even know how to describe this. People are stuck in a way of thinking yeah. and it's a protective way of doing things. But is it serving you, number one? Mm. I think that's the best, best question. Is this serving me? What I'm doing, is it repetitive? Is, is, am I getting anything different out of it? And the second thing is like the tough thing. If you think that by acting like that makes you tough, think again. It is so much harder to be nice. Yeah. It is so much harder to be vulnerable. It is so much harder to be um, open. Mm. It's easy to be tough. It's e I'm sorry, but for me it is. Yeah. It's much easier for me to be an a-hole, to yell at people. That's my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, but for me to be open and vulnerable and, and open myself up to people, that is tough. Mm. So you have to rethink your version of what is tough and what is not tough, I think, that comes down to that. And what society tells you, well, really think about it. Like yeah. sit there and really think about it. Like is it... It's a, it's a social conditioning. It's what everybody thinks, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. Yeah. Okay, did that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. I was like, I lost yeah. myself there. I was coming it was just It was just I was listening and I was going into my next question just thinking, so from somebody who's had their own personal experiences mm -hmm. and for someone that's done so much work in this sector with helping other people get through it, where do you think we can start changing this attitude in ourselves first of all but as a society question towards it question start asking questions don't settle with oh that's just how things are well that's just how it's going to be like you have to ask questions you have to think outside the box you have to be willing to learn and grow um you know try everything at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose. I'm a big, I'm a very open-minded person and I do try different things because at the end of the day, what works for me and I don't, might not always work for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there is a basis of what works for everyone, but then yeah. ultimately it has to be catered for the individual. Yeah. So, and that's a matter of trying different things. Like for me, kinesiology worked better than psychology. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that actually healed me 20 times more than a psychologist. I just so happened to have a kinesiologist who was also a very aware person who I could talk to, who I trusted. But I would have never done kinesiology. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was a load of crap when I was younger. And yeah. then when I did it, I was like, this stuff worked. And even if it is a load of crap, if it works, it works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's the So point. don't just give up trying. Keep don't ever trying give up. and trying. Yeah. Yeah. Try different things. Be open. Be open to listen. Be open to trying and ask questions really that's the key because people don't ask enough questions they just kind of give answers and yeah. statements as opposed to go try and uh, try and respond with a question as opposed to with a statement 
And the clinical psychologist, Dr. Emanuela Murray on the campaign, she always says the biggest thing she likes anyone to know is empathy. When it comes to dealing with someone with mental health. That is the number one thing I think is wrong with society. Yeah. We lack empathy. You know, I mean, I see, I mean, you know me, I'm a vegetarian, (laughs) so I, I, you know, but like the reason why we have this epidemic in anything with, even with mental health is that people look at people who are depressed and like, I just get over it. Mm. It's like, well, no, no. Yeah, well, duh. Like, I'd like to. (laughs) You know, I'm trying. But there's no empathy as opposed to asking what's going on with that person. Why are they? What If I was in their shoes, try to see it from their point of view. Yeah. That's empathy. It's trying to put yourself in their shoes and go, once you see it from that point of view, I guarantee your whole vision of the scenario will be completely different. And then all of a sudden, how you feel about that person in that situation will completely change. Yeah. So it's about how we approach things has to has to change, and definitely empathy is the number one thing for me. Yeah, I mean she 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 kickstarts that all the time with anything, listening and empathy, and and that's essentially like you've seen from both sides yourself and with people that you've been helping. Yeah. Also, I have to say though, there's a, there's a level of sympathy and empathy. This is something I learned recently. Right. Um. So um, you can also become an enabler. Right. If you have too much empathy with people, it's just like, oh, well, that's okay, honey. You can just, you know, that doesn't help the person either. Yeah. You know, you have to also help push them at a certain level and obviously pick the right time for that. But yeah, there is empathy is extremely important, but as long as it's done in a level of balance where you are not too involved, it has yeah. to be like, you have to be part of it and not part of it. So mm-hmm. like one foot in and one foot out so you can feel what they're feeling, but at the same time, you're in the strength place where you can help them to get out of it. Because if you're down with them, you're not moving anywhere. That leads me to my next question. So we actually spoke this with um, both doctors the other episode. So exactly what you were just saying there with the empathy and things like that. So with your personal experience, we was talking about, and there's nothing wrong with them, but like the um, mental health awareness days or are you okay days there's such a huge advocacy around these days for someone going through those issues for them to be bombarded by hundreds of people asking, are you okay? Yeah. What is that like? Uh, Well, again, once again, it comes down to people being empathic enough to sense when the right time is to approach someone. You know what I mean? It's timing. It's like if somebody's having a nervous breakdown, you don't go up to them and go, are you okay? You know, obviously I'm not okay. But if you see somebody being very, very quiet and something's off and they're not acting out, that's the time to go up to them and go, just checking, are you all right? Like don't put too much pressure on them, but at the same time show that there is enough And I think that's that's what's kind of, there's nothing wrong with it, but... No. Secluding it to a day when almost it's it's throughout your see uh, throughout your socials, it's rife. Go and ask somebody are they okay, mental health day. Mm-hmm. Every day should be a mental health day. Like if if you're empathetic and you you Correct. know that there's something going yeah. through, but to seclude it to one day no. to bombard somebody yeah. who's probably been asked ten times by their colleagues or their loved ones, yeah. it would be too much. Yeah. I personally think it would be too much. Yeah. But what I did like is going back to when you was at school, there was two teachers that noticed the difference with you who made an impact. And that's one thing relating to the campaign that although I want to create awareness towards us guys, towards anybody, being the enabler to learn it earlier on from a school age, 
I think would be essential mm-hmm. as a Kickstarter. What do you think personally you took away from those teachers and what do you think teachers or any teachers that may be listening to this podcast could take away from it? I think once again, it comes down to the fact that I said they knew just to be a body and they knew what they could do in their power to help me. They understood because they were empathic, you see. So they understood, like the teacher who was a model sees a girl with anorexia. She knows. She knows what to do, right? And then the arts, the drama teacher was the one I think who also helped me out, you know. Same thing, like she knew this girl's going through this, this and that. What can I do to give, to, to empower this girl, to make her feel like, you know, this is not the end all. So once again, it's about catering to the person. Definitely don't bombard them. And it's about just sort of sensing where they're at and sort of um, really seeing it from their point of view and what does this person need right now. I don't, I don't know how, any other way to sort of explain it. So it's tough, man. It's, this is the problem. It's like we're all still trying to figure it out. There isn't one answer for everyone, you know. It's yeah. like it's, it's hard, but the point is just keep trying, you know. And these teachers tried, Yeah. you see. And a lot of teachers don't try because, number one, they're tired. They're yeah. stressed out. They're dealing with 20 million other people, other kids who are, you know, trouble. Yeah. And then the one kid who's depressed is the most troubled yeah. I haven't been bothered to deal with this kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, my God, he's messed up anyway. He's going to go home and his family's going to destroy him anyway. Yeah. Um, and that kind of thinking doesn't help either. You know, it's that kind of thing. that The teacher should know they will leave a huge impact on these kids, whether it's going to be positive or negative. They yeah. will. Yeah. And it's up to you how, how you're going to do that. And it's up to you to step up for them. A lot of people need to step up for other people. You yeah. have to be the bigger person in that moment. You know, and it's hard for them to do that because it's like, I've got enough going on as it is. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is give more energy to, you know, but that little amount of extra that you do goes a very long way. It goes a really long way. So we we know much about your, your personal experience and what you've done with mental health. What then drew you towards an industry that's highly critical that, People speculate, people look on you and, and expect you to live one certain life where there's so much stigma within that industry itself that you can be turned down for gigs, people don't see that sort of thing. Was it merely a way of all that pain and frustration and anger you was harvesting towards a, a passion creatively? Did that help you? Yeah. Or what what, what drew you to that industry? Acting specifically, you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, acting, I kind of fell into it. So this is how it happened was, was through my depression. In fact, you know, so the drama teacher, uh, I became, I was just very good at it. Mm. That was the one thing that I was really good at. So that empowered me and therefore I just liked it and I soaked it and it was my way of expressing my pain and getting out of my system. And like, you know, that pain that you have is going to come out. Mm. And for me at the beginning was self-harm and then it was bulimia and then I was anorexia bulimia. Um, you know, and acting was the one thing that got it out of my system. It's like energy that you're like carrying yeah. with you and you have to get it off you. And it made me happy. It mm. just made me ecstatic. You know, I'd walk away from like this and I felt good and I felt good not just for one day, but for like a whole week, a whole month. Yeah. You know, and then that was the one thought that constantly got me out of depression is like, this is something worth living. Um, that gives me life that makes me feel alive. So that's why I, I think I pursued it and it was the thing that actually saved me from myself. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough to find it. 
Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there who don't know, and it ultimately is once again comes down to trying. You know. Yeah. And when you're depressed, you don't want to be trying things. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like when you're feeling good, that's when you're going to go out there and try, and you're going to have your down days. Those are the days to ask questions and sort of do some healing. And on the days where you've got energy, those are the days to go out and try different things and attempt different things, and be okay with failing. I failed a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but don't see it as a failure. And like you said, in this industry, you know, you get criticized a lot. I mean, I don't look at it like that. I'm sure a lot of it goes around. I don't involve with my, myself in that. You know I me. Mean, I'm a very direct, yeah. upfront person. I'm a, I try to be as honest as possible. I don't like that kind of thing. So I don't really pay attention to that. Yeah. But it's there. But it's also in society. So yeah. in the acting industry, I think it's just amplified. Yeah. Because it's a small community, smallish. But, um, you know, I see also a lot of good in that too. There's a lot of great people in the industry. So I try to focus on the more positive than the, mm. you know, the negative side of the industry. And I met a guy who's actually one of the faces of the campaign, Glenn Keogh, over mm-hmm. in, in LA, big actor over there. Um, huge, huge advocate. Um, he's lost friends, family members have gone through things. He's, he speaks really candidly about it. But even he said on the outside, he's watched friends who have, have turned things around by, I know you used your your frustration and things and you find your creative outlay to, mm. to motivate it into something good. He said that some of his friends and that, that they went out and did volunteer work or, yeah. or worked with other people. Yeah. And, and and I know you did and you yeah. started working in that mental health. Did you also find that was a Absolutely. Was that's, an awesome that's, way? That's great that you brought that up. I actually didn't even think of that, but that makes sort of yeah. So selfless act when you're depressed is the is one of the biggest things you can definitely mm. do for yourself. And that's the other thing, because it's 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 we as humans have very specific core needs and one of them is service. Mm. We need to feel like we're giving something back to the community, whether you like it or not, we do. It's in our nature because yeah. we're actually pack animals. I used to never think this. I used to be like, <laughs> I can be by myself and F everybody. And, nah, yeah. okay, that's not going to help. So yeah, the, the act of service. So um, I've done a lot of charity work. I used to work in a mental institution. Um, you know, I've, uh, animal, I'm a huge animal advocate. Like these things give me purpose and these things give me a reason to be here. Yeah. Um, and that's ultimately the part of myself that's suffering that I'm trying to fix right through the outside, you yeah. know, by sharing it with everyone. Cause we're connected ultimately. Yeah. You know, whether we like it or not, we're all connected. We're all one, all that la da you know, but it's true. It is. Yeah. And it does sometimes, and it, it, it's wrong to say, but it does take, maybe a, a, a terrorist attack and as, as bad as those things are when we actually see humanity and people coming together mm-hmm. because outside those things we are disconnected i'm a firm like, believer in using the negativity and turning into something good and that's the point of tragedy that's yeah. why tragedy happens because guess what happens whenever tragedy happens change happens yeah it forces you to change yeah you have no other choice mm. but to change or you can stay there yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. then nobody moves anywhere so it forces you, and yes, there is some pos- There is actually positivity in the negative too. Yeah, you know, um, but it comes down to your point of view, and once again, asking yourself the right questions and what can I do now? Yeah. Um, how can I use this as fuel to get me out of it? How can I use this to dot dot dot? Yeah. You know. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. So true. I mean, I you could say the same thing for you, right? I mean, you started yeah. this whole campaign because of this pain that you had, right? And, yeah. And. In a way, it's like it's our way of trying to connect. It's our yeah. way of sort of saying, "Hey, guys, you're not alone," you know. And as I said, depression and mental health is a really lonely place. Yeah, you could have people around you, and you still like it's just 
it's just like an abyss of isolation. <laughs> like I don't even know how to. Yeah. It's horrible. But it is because as as much as the the campaigns resonated with people and a huge amount of supports he's got, there have been a couple of of, of messages and there's. I'll go through a few. So there was one. Um, why and again, there's a stigma against who are, who are being used. So why are you using celebrities? Okay, they are normal people. Mm-hmm. That's why. Number one, yes. That, 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 FYI. That's <laughs> why why are you using people who are only really good looking? Again, are you the, these are, these are certain things, oh and and I always respond. I try to respond with everyone, yeah. and there's always a certain amount of constructive criticism. I'm I'm always open to, but essentially, I I said to this person, I was like. But beauty is in the beholder. So, Absolutely. like, certain person might not think they're good looking, or somebody Absolutely. else might not. Yeah. And he was actually That's social standards. Was, I think exactly that referring to. Yeah. And he was huge enough to actually turn around and go, "Oh, I, I actually apologise because awesome. that was my own perception of thinking of this." Um, Who's this person? I love him already. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, it was I, just someone who who sent a nice message. Like, I love this. somebody who asks questions, who yep. challenges you, and can own their stuff. Exactly. That I love in people. Like that's when I meet people like that, I just want to give them a huge hug because they're so rare. Yeah. I always try to t- – number one as well as with depressed people is you've got to take responsibility for your inside because you're going to yeah. blame a lot of people for your situation. I still do it to this day. Yeah. You should ask my mom this morning. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's my choice, you know. Yeah. And it, it, it is, you know, so taking responsibility and saying sorry even though, like, it's so important. Yeah. It's so important. And we lack this in friendships. We lack this in all relationships. Say you're sorry, own your stuff, no. But that's even even good. Like even when me, me and my wife argue, if, if, mm-hmm. if she'll have a go at me and I'll I've done it, I'll own it and I'll say I'm sorry. And guys what out there listening after? to this, listen to this one, guys, she will be shocked. Yes. Because there's nowhere for them to go. <laughs> because they're like, uh, uh, oh, we okay. can't continue yeah, this yeah, now yeah. because <laughs> you've owned up to your shit. Yes. <laughs> and it moves on. Yeah. And it works so much better. But yeah, coming to those messages, constructive criticism, always be open to it. And and I'll always answer, there's, there was one I even got from someone at the beginning who who basically said, um, sent me a message and, and about some of my photographers saying, oh, this is nice um, compared to the, the shocking images that I see sometimes. And I was like, oh, what do you refer to? And she was like, oh, some of the campaign images sometimes are quite shocking. I was like, shocking in which way? So I was challenging it. Yeah. Like shocking as in which way? Because yeah. it's it's... Making you feel something, or right. making you is it resonate bringing, what with is it the image? Up? Is, it, yeah. is it bringing up your own yeah. kind of things? And they were big enough, so we had a full conversation, <laughs> and it was good because nobody tries to get to the root cause of things with people. Yeah, and I think that's that's the good thing that I love about this campaign is that it's bringing the human side out of it because I don't know these people who are reaching out to me, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm more than happy for a conversation. But that's um, the point of it, you know. It's exactly. And it's very it's, hard to have a conversation when you have opposing points of view. Yeah. It's it's really, really difficult. But ultimately, if you approach it from the point of view, I'm just trying to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I'm open enough to understand that I don't know everything. That's my first basis is like, we're humans. I don't care how much people like to think that we're evolved. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so accept that, you know, and just say, hey. We still hey, all need the basis things. Yeah. Humanity, yeah. love, it makes the world go around. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, so it's, it's getting that conversation started. Don't be afraid of it. And be okay with being wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, fortunate society now, it's like everything has to be perfect. I feel it still, you know. It's like, oh, I can't be wrong. And, 
you know, and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's not. It's like it's not even like don't even look at it as being wrong. Look at it as evolving, as growing, as educating, putting more information, expanding, yeah. empathy, association. Like use different words. Don't use, you know, I just used it, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? But just like try and look at things from a different perspective and that yeah. will help you to receive the message differently. Yeah. It's all about perspective. You know, if you're closed off and you think your way is the best way and that's it, I'll guarantee you that's ego talking. Yeah. We're always evolving. We're always learning. Always be open. I think that's the number one key for anyone to, to, to help themselves and others. And I'll, I'll, I'll post a link to a good friend. He's one of the faces of the campaign, Nick Brax. He's recently done some videos and you'll actually love the concept of it. So it's two friends and they're actually talking. Um, and she was like, oh, how, how are you going? And he was like, oh, so... Absolutely amazing. Uh, my daughter's just got into uh, the most prestigious school in um, wherever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and Porsche or something, she just wanted a new car seat, not the new Mercedes-Benz, for example. I can't remember the exact story. But, yeah, so I just bought her that. And we've just bought another property. And we've just all done this. And this went on for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then the friend was there, empathy listening. And then she just turned around and she was like, so how are you? And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. What? She was like, so how are you? And he was like, fucking miserable. Mm. Like, <laughs> and it was little videos like that, but it actually shows you that a lot of people would cut off to that initial start of that conversation because you'd be like, oh, this person's just talking ego, ego, ego. Right. Like, what they've got, what they've got. But what you're trying to say is empathy and listening. Stay till the end of that conversation and yeah. actually find out and say, okay, that's great. But how are you feeling? Yeah. I think that's where we need to... Start layers, going with it. layers of the yeah. onions, man. You just got to peel them off, peel them off until you yeah. get to the core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really just listening, being open, understanding. I mean, it sounds easy. It's not easy. You know, yeah. it's not easy to do that. But these are pure examples of that, you know. Yeah. Patience and, and persistence and, and all that sort of stuff does eventually pay off. And I mean, we could talk all day, guys, because we've known each other 15 yeah. years. So <laughs> How long is it this, been? this could carry on. Um, so we're going to wrap up. But what I will say is um, for anyone listening to this campaign, I always like to say this. What would you like people to take away? Oh, no pressure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, try something different today. Every day, try something different. Try it. Look like... Try and approach something from a completely different point of view that you've done before. Is this everyone in general or shall we go to anyone who's gone through an issue or for people trying to understand? I think it's both so, ways. Yeah. Okay. Both, yeah. It's just keep trying something new, you know, those like approach things from like, you know, try to try to think outside the box and get yourself out of yourself in a way and look at it from afar and then come back in and like try, try, try different things, but try yeah. something different every day. Because yep. that will expand your, your view and that might actually teach you something that you didn't know before. I'm all about that. Yeah. So, huge fan of that. And I'm a huge thang. Um, thang. I mean, <laughs> yeah, thang. Um, well, I've lost my train of thought now because that's in my head. <laughs> I'm going to say, Glenn, thank you yep. so much for this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Um, just a, um, a gratitude journal because I know oh, yeah. whenever you may be going through things and it seems hopeless, 
that are always going to be something that you're grateful for. Yes. So that's, I would that's say you one. really make that a priority. Well, they say basically when you're in depression, gratitude kills depression. And right. it's true. It's like, if, why? Because when you're depressed, what are you thinking? Oh, my life sucks. Everything's this. And then if you just think of the simplest thing, it's like, I'm grateful for having hair. I'm grateful for the sun. Yeah. I'm grateful for my shoes. I'm grateful I have $10 in my bank account. You're always going to have something to be grateful for. And physically, if you pay attention to that, you will feel in your body the shift. Mm. Um, so languaging is so important. And affirmations. Like I used to write a page of affirmations every single day yeah. for a year. And I told my mom this and I said to her, this is before I moved to Los Angeles, said, watch what happens in my life that I do this. And crazy things have happened. I stopped doing them as much. I mean, I still do affirmations, but I don't do them as hardcore. But people with depression and stuff like that, like, look them up. By the way, I'd like to put a name out there for people to look up. Um, her name is Teal Swan. Anyone who suffers from depression, panic disorder, um, anything that's really, really deep, look up Teal Swan. I highly recommend it. She's, for me, the number one person to go to to help you to get out of this because mm. she doesn't sugarcoat it. She uses affirmations, but she uses them in a way where she makes you go into the pain and then come out of it. Mm. Most people want to avoid the pain, and if you avoid the pain, it's just not gonna. It's it's, it's avoidance once again. Yeah. It's not what you avoid will persist, you know. Yeah. So I'm um, sorry, going back to the affirmations, but yeah, affirmations, gratitude journals. You gotta take steps, proactive steps every day, as small as they are, just to try and shift what it is. But also, don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. Pick one thing to do. Just pick one thing, stick with that, move forward, and then pick another. So give yourself realistic time frames. This is what comes down to vision boards and vision and all that sort of stuff. You have to give yourself, okay, this week I'm going to make it about, um, I used to do things like, okay, I used to have a board of a month, and I'm like, this this month is about self-love. Yeah. So all I did for that month is focus on self-love and self-affirmation. I love and approve of myself just as I am. I am beautiful. I mean, as stupid as it sounds, we need that. We need that yeah. reaffirmation. Environment. The people that we have safe relationships, don't surround yourself with people who put you down. Don't surround yourself with people who tell you, oh, what's the point? Don't do that. And it's hard because when you're in that place, you're so desperate for love and, and, yeah. and, and connection that you'll put up with anyone, you know. Um, it's it's about taking those small steps to get you out of it, you know. And, it's, and that one step is like, what is it my boss said? is like, 1% every day adds up to 365% by the end of the year. Is that right? It's 365%. <laughs> My math is yeah. no good. Yeah, but that, think about it. It does. And, you know, that 1% that you do every day in seven days, that becomes 7%. In two weeks, yeah. that's 14%. So the smallest amount that you do, just do that 1% every day, and it will get you so much further over time. Yeah. Whether it's affirmations or whatever it is, gratitude journals. But I think try and find your ways as well to do that as well, because at the beginning, I didn't initially want to write stuff down yeah like i'm a busy guy so it was taking time so i would turn that into motivation for the gym yeah so whilst i'm training i would actually go on youtube and find some of these channels podcasts and it's just a repetitive nature that goes in your subliminal mind that you're literally it, it's imprinting in there mm -hmm. and now every night before i go to bed i listen to one yeah and at first i was like well how's this working because i'm asleep like, <laughs> I mean, well, your brain, but that's what they always say. It's yeah. always listening after it's you fall asleep. asleep. So most of my meditations, for example, are designed for that. A lot of them yeah. are designed with some of the messages and all that sort of stuff. You can listen to them while you're sleeping. It does work. Yeah. Um, because your brain is always awake. So it's always registering and it's always listening. In fact, we only really use – we're conscious 10%. Yeah. 90% of what we do is totally unconscious. So – you don't have to be awake for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I started mean? realizing that. At first yeah. I was like, 
and then I'd wake up and my wife, obviously, she's um, she's with a little one and she was like, I just woke up to this voice and I'm like, where's that, where's the voice <laughs> It's harder when you have somebody and, uh, else as well, yeah, because yeah, they're like, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. yeah but uh, no, absolutely. Like I, I was the same, audiobooks, um, whatever, you know, if you say you don't have the time, you're lying. You drive to work. That time, instead of listening to, yep. to, to whatever you're listening to, put on an audiobook. You know, I listen to affirmations. I used to put Louise Hay on all the time. Yeah. 24-7 just have these affirmations because I couldn't do it for myself. So I needed somebody else to do it, but I did it through that. Um, but we do, we, we waste so much time on yeah. social media. We waste so much time on listening to music. We're buying to companies' products and everything looking on Amazon. Right? Yeah. So it's Try the, it's and invest quick, your time into you. And it's also like, that quick gratification that we're looking for, unfortunately. Yeah. And we and once again, it's that 1% investment that you've got to think about. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, if I have that donut now, I'm going to feel great, but yeah. then I'm going to feel like crap for the rest of the day. <laughs> or I could have that, you know, the vegetables and, and the rice and yeah. then know that that's going to serve me in the long run, you know. Yeah. So it's, just, it's the same concept, you know. It's just like you've got to make a plan and stick to the plan, but it's yeah. hard to make that plan. But... Just pick one thing to do a week. That's always what I say. Just like this week I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to take 1% step every day to make this happen. Make it so you're not overwhelmed because life and everything is just hard enough as it is. Yeah. Um, so try to simplify it and break it down. And then from there things will become clearer and clearer and clearer. And then all of a sudden, you know, so you know this. Once you start it and then yeah. it starts working, guess what happens? Yeah. You get obsessed, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get obsessed because you're like, holy. Because you see it works. Yeah, it works. And, and that's like, the thing with people that actually says – and I'll take you back to my wife. Mm-hmm. So there was a thing where it's like manifest something into your life. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. Yeah. So I did all your tricks, what you were telling me to do with the affirmations, with the gratitude journal. And this manifest, uh, manifest it was basically I'd write down what my ultimate goal was and I'd read it every single day for like 30 days. And it essentially says that you have to at least, and it's like any job and anything to get any success it's, it's all about consistency. Mm-hmm. As soon as you stop, it, it just drops. It's huge. That and after the 30 days and, and things suddenly start picking up with this campaign and it started generating momentum and I was like, oh, wow. And my wife at the time was going, that's nothing to do with it. It's just because you're putting the long hours in and you're working and you're, you're working your ass off, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but who would have thought so-and-so would have seen it or who would have thought the press would have picked it up or who would have thought, like, I'm just a one person in the middle of so many huge mental health advocates trying to do these awareness programs and it blew up so quick. (laughs) But you've known me for a long time and I'm like, I can be an extrovert when it's to do with fitness and get on stage and teaching classes. Mm -hmm. But out of that, shove a camera in my face or I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Like I'd rather my name be known for doing something purposeful in life that's why you use all us good-looking people. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Apparently. Um, Apparently that's what we are. But, and that's the thing. As soon as she started seeing this momentum of this consistency mm. and doing all this and she started seeing it happening, guess who was asking me to turn those YouTube channels on whilst we were sleeping? And oh, then really? just she did her own gratitude yeah. journal. And it's so, funny because she listened and it's like, Oprah and all these people, Tony Robbins, they talk about it. Yeah. There's a reason they talk about reason. it. If anyone's ever listened to Oprah's story, yeah. Tony Robbins did a podcast and he was talking about this woman, never named names, talked about how she'd grown up. Awful upbringing, like yeah. raped, had a baby yeah. and all this she kind of stuff. She lost the baby, right, I think. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and I was Imagine like, that. who the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And he never gave any names. And then at the end, and he was like, and that's Oprah Winfrey's story. Now, me hearing that, I was going, oh, wow, because I never knew nothing about Oprah Winfrey except she was a big TV person, she she created this, she's so wealthy, all this. 
And again, that was like my perceptions thinking, oh, she hasn't got no issues. She's yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's the whole thing Think with again. this campaign. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole point of putting pictures of you guys on the red carpet. So you attending the Oscars and stuff like mm. that. Nobody, we're all humans. Yeah. I mean, if people really knew me, I think they'd be quite, you know, and you and whoever, yeah. you know, it's like they'd be shocked, you know, to know what really goes on, you know. Um, and yeah, definitely the exterior don't ever judge by a book by its cover, you know. Yeah. It's like, get to ask the questions, you know. Um, I love Oprah. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. But that's a, she's a pure example of turning something negative into something positive, which is what I was saying before. She yeah. used that trauma and that, tough life to create something beautiful out of it and she didn't say oh okay that's it i'm gonna give up she put one percent every day maybe ten percent even to get out of it but um she fought for herself you know and and she really and she did it the right way because she surrounded herself with the right people eventually she did a lot of mistakes on the way yeah i do believe there's a level of support that comes out from somewhere out there Mm. you know but if your intentions are right the support shows up and that's those are signs that are saying that you're on the right path so Part of it is also recognizing those opportunities um, and, and accepting the, the help and the support. A lot of people refuse a lot of help and support. Yeah. Um, you're just hurting yourself in that point. You're never going to get out of it if you just keep refusing help and support like you have to. And she's somebody like I feel like who did, who, who you know did a lot of it on her own, but I think she surrounded herself with the right people and did made some really good choices that eventually yeah. got her there. Um, so, you know. So be receptive, be open, yeah. try new things. Keep yeah. going. Because um, we don't know everything. And she's don't. still learning. That's why she's doing what she's doing. She's trying to teach what she learned. Yeah. Um, I, I've read many of her books. And I, you know, I think she's got one or two books out. I can't remember. It was one, I think. It was like, um, and it was uh, what I know or what I, it's been so long ago. But uh, what I know for sure, mm. that was the thing. And, and, you know, she just shares all her experience. And she's, you know, when you read it, it's nothing special that she did, you know yeah. what I mean? Ultimately, she just asked the right questions and she went there. Yeah. And she said, I'm not okay with being this way. Yeah. This is not okay. There has to be a solution. And I believe in their solution. And so did she. And that's the reason why we can get out of it. It's people who just give up and who say there is no other solution. Well, then you're going to come and be stuck there. <laughs> you're yeah. never going to go anywhere if you have that attitude. And it's true. And that's, that's one of the things like that needs to come out of it all is – sometimes brutal honesty like Oprah gives is is essentially honesty people and this is the misconception misconception about honesty is that people think oh honesty is just brutal and like no I'm I'm a very honest person like if you ask me am I overweight if you're overweight I'm not gonna say oh yeah you're fat but I'm gonna say like um you know there's a way to approach that in a gentle way and just being honest but saying and then turn it into a positive yeah and say but you're beautiful man yeah and I will always come from a genuine place. Like like you're saying, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Like, I guarantee that what I find attractive, most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I yeah. have a very quirky taste. Yeah. And, you know, um, but it's true. As long as you come from a place of truthfulness, like, yeah. yes, my answer is truthful, but also my, 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 you know, saying to you that you're beautiful and I see that beauty in you is also true. Mm. So there is a way to be honest and there is a way to be truthful and yes, it's harsh, but it's, it's done with so much love that it motivates the person as opposed to stop them. Yeah. And that comes from the person who's telling the truth. That's their responsibility to be able to communicate that better. And if you don't know how to do that, well, you'll know by the response of people, (laughs) you know, how that goes. And then you can tell if people respond well, then obviously you approach it the right way. If people don't respond well, then maybe you should think about how you're saying things, you know? Um, and that's just working on yourself internally as well. Yeah. 
And I think that's everybody all that needs comes down to. to everybody if, needs to. If we're breaking this stigma towards mental health, if we're we're changing things, like look inside yourself first about what you can do and about you say uh, our main thing in life is service, service of others. Yeah. Like think about what you can actually do, and it, that can be a little thing like just making a nice gesture to someone at the end of the day. And, I'll give you an example. When I was in LA, I was going through a really, really hard time. I'm not going to get into how it got to that, but I was really broke at one point. Like yeah. I was literally living on a dollar a day. I didn't. I thought I was going to get kicked out of the apartment. And I was seeing this guy, and this guy goes, "Hey, I'm going down to Skid Row to do to serve food." I don't know if anyone's been to Skid Row. Like, you, have you heard of Skid yeah, Row? Yeah, I was yeah. shooting down there. It's um, it's, yeah, it's an eye opener. It's literally like a third world country yeah. in the city. Yeah. And I went there at night. It's the most dangerous thing I probably have ever done. Yeah. Um, and I was scared. But I sat there and I looked at these people and all of a sudden I felt so lucky. Mm. that And I was giving them food and I could be there even though in my position where yeah. I didn't have a car, I was riding my bicycle five hours a day to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat for like a day and a half or two days because I had no money for food. And I still was there to do service. That act alone gave me so much power and so much it changed my perspective about my position. I'm like, yeah, I have no money, but I'm also living in like a beautiful area and I have a, a roommate and I have a roof over my head and I have food still. Like even if, you know, yeah, people can help me like it. Yeah. So that's where the service comes in and that's where it serves you at the end of the day. The service act will end up serving you even yeah. though you're serving somebody else. Yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs> and I think, I think I'll, I'll probably finish off whatever you're going through. It could essentially be the making of you as well in yeah. how you turn it around to a positive because I truly believe of what we're talking about with the meditation, with the affirmations, with the gratitude. At the time I was going through my BDD and I didn't think there was no way out, mm. like completely overtaken thinking about flaws that weren't there but it was in, in my mind mm. to bring in essentially a campaign that has gone big and resonated with so many people i think that's been the making of me so to go through something like that and yourself going through what you went through it's never nice to go through no (laughs) essentially look what you have achieved you've used your platform you've been on some of the top shows films and you've been able to help people Mm. take away money take away all the shit the materialistic shit you feel good that you've actually been able to impact someone's life Absolutely. And and the thing we were just talking about before as well, like, you know, unfortunately in society now we associate success with money and with, with, you know, financial rewards and like, and... But it can go as quick as it can go. Exactly. And then these things, like if I've impacted you, that's like, like you said, you know, or I know you impacted me, like we all impact each other. That's going to go for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, um, so... That's the difference, I think, between the two. You've got to remember the long run is much better than the quick fix or the quick gratification, even though at the time it may not look like it. So you've got to, you've got to be able to really see things for what they truly are and not what you think they are. Yeah, true. You know, and I've got to send you another podcast, actually. I think it, I, it was a motivational one, but I think it was, it was Denzel Washington uh, with his voice, and I can't remember the exact words, but it was basically coming to this concept of like, each one teach one so if you have made a success or you've learned something throughout life mm-hmm. don't hold it in yeah teach the next person pass yeah. it on and that is essentially another way that we can break the stigma surrounding mental Absolutely. health teach somebody yeah like, and guys if you're gonna look for somebody like look for somebody who's already successful in that mm. you know don't go after and like 
you can get advice from the wrong people too. You yeah. Know? And you can yeah. go to people who talk the talk, but ain't walking, you know? Yeah. So Oprah is a pure, you know, like yeah. she talked the talk, she walked the walk, you know? So that's somebody that you can look up to. Just be careful also who you're listening to and, yeah. and where you're getting your information and just be open to very different types of information and choose what's right for you and what works and what's serving. It's a win-win outcome. Yeah. Always choose the win-win outcome. But everything we're doing, guys, as we always say, is trying to create the awareness and starting the conversation. So if you may be going through something, simply reach out and talk to somebody. I will direct all lines to uh, your nearest crisis lines, guys. Um, I just want to thank Jacqueline for coming in today. Anytime, um, man. Anytime. We probably talk more than any other episode going, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been good to chat um, and catch up. But until next time, guys, um, keep safe. Really do start that conversation with somebody. Um, And thank you, Jackie. No worries.